0: at the end of the day remember obviously having you know the leaders around um, that you think that is what it's going to take to get to that next level you know you might need to take a cut make take a personal sacrifice to then feed into your people as well
1: when you have that development plan set in place and you're molding those coaches you attract other coaches to fill those spots
0: it's not just about a young guy right it's not just about an old guy right it's understanding that exactly taking in the individual and again what value they bring
1: uh, to that different organization if you want to be a leader and you want to sit at the table, sometimes you have to make more sacrifices.
0: Great leaders get people to stay around. Now, it doesn't mean that they keep them forever, right? A great leader also molds uh, guys to go on.
1: As you transition into coaching, just make sure you're patient, crush where you are, and that'll get you to where you want to go.
0: Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha.
1: And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow
0: with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Baseball Cloud, professional data for amateur players. Baseball Cloud allows players from all over the country to consolidate data from their performance into a centralized location. This allows players, coaches, and scouts to effectively track, compare, and view a player's results through the use of graphs and a multitude of other visual analysis tools within seconds. Learn more about their software at BaseballCloud.com and follow them on social media at BaseballCloudUS.
1: If you haven't yet, make sure to check out the online marketplace of resources we put together at thesystem.farm. We have a multitude of different sections including drill videos, practice plans, discount codes, job listings, unsigned players, and so much more. Our premium membership gives you full access to travel ball team rankings, player rankings, chat boards, as well as other features we'll be releasing in the coming months. Make sure to check that out at the system.farm.
0: On this episode, Bo and I talk through some tips and some understandings from the turnover in baseball, what's great for head coaches, what's great for po' ball guys, and also club ball, all the way through and some tips that we have at all different levels. Don't eat that dugout. We got Bo and Joe coming up next on The Farm System,
1: right here, right now.
0: Welcome back to another episode of The Farm unfiltered.
1: Harold Dean. Man, I feel like it's been a while, hasn't it? (laughs) Joey and I have missed you guys listening in. Um, On the other end of the airwaves, we hope that you guys enjoyed Eugene's and Emily's 2018 uh, Pitchapalooza presentation. You can find that uh, with their 2017 presentation along with all the 2019 Bridge the Gap presentations at 108pa.com with their digital package. Uh, Don't forget to use the Farm 25 for $25 off the package. That's at 108 pa.com uh, joey and i feel like we have a pretty good show dialed in for you guys today um, important topic to hit on especially with some of the transitions and uh, the way the game of baseball is going and, and what we're seeing now and that's turnover um, a lot of coaches have had to deal with this for a long time obviously so joey and i felt like this was a good topic to unpack uh, Drew, why don't you go ahead and just open up um, kind of an overview of why uh, you and i decided that, that this is something to talk about on the show
0: yeah, I mean obviously this is applicable all the way across the board if it comes to club ball teams, if it comes to player development staff, if it comes to college, you know, programs, high school programs, right? I mean, we've talked about this in some episodes before about younger coaches, but I mean this goes all the way, you know, through all the ranks is Um, You know, as we've met with organizations, even at 108, that's something that, you know, uh, GMs have mentioned, right? That guys always want to be somewhere else, right? They always want to be in the big leagues, right? Like, that's the optimal uh, for a lot of guys. But also, with that being said, again, that applies all the way through. Everybody wants to be a D1 coach, right? They don't want to be D2. They don't want to be an AI. They don't want to be these other things. And again, is that saying that that's true for every single individual? Of course not, right? Everything is um, based off of situations, uh, situations situations and understanding, um, what is, you know, when you take in holistically, what's going on in somebody's life and what their goals are, not everybody's, um, and Bo and I talk about this all the time is that not everybody's fulfillment comes from their job. Right. And it doesn't mean that all of your fulfillment has to come from your job. Some of it can, and then you also could have other passions in your life as well. Right. So, um, when we talk through this is, is, is understanding again with turnover is turnover, obviously, especially in that, in the industry of baseball is a very common um thing that happens, you know, year to year, season to season, um and you know, it's almost like uh, you know, one foot in the batter's box and you know, other one running towards first already, right? So, it's always looking how I can get to the next base, how I can get to this next place and we kind of wanted to talk through that um and kind of express some ideals that we have on those and how they're all, you know, kind of give some insights for uh, coaches, right, and then uh, for on both sides of it, right, the ones that are trying to, um, you know, lessen that turnover and um, and and keep the, some of these really um, valued coaches and assets around, right, and also too, uh, for coaches that are trying to make those decisions, should they move on, is now the time, is now not the time, right? So, uh, kind of talking through those aspects, and we're going to kind of bounce that back and forth and open up some different ideals.
1: Yep, yeah, and we get started here. The first topic that comes to my mind is like I feel like when we use the word turnover. It has like a negative connotation to it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the coaches and programs that do the best jobs, they are embracing that and they're developing coaches. It's more like a development and pushing them onto the next thing as opposed to them viewing that they're losing a quality coach. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you have that development, kind of that development plan set in place and you're molding those coaches, you attract other coaches to fill those spots. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you have a system that can, um, you know, bleed into that. So I think a lot of times when we use the word turnover, I think that's coaches that Necessarily may, may not be doing the best thing um, to develop their coaches, and they're trying to get out if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: and one thing I'd bring in from the business component here is that monitoring. Again, with you, uh, this is something I'm sure you know. Ads do, but again, from the business sector, when I was coming from that end, is I did monitor turnover, right? Because turnover is turnover. It doesn't matter if they left for another job. It doesn't matter if they left because of whatever reason. Uh, we always monitor that that um, level because I, uh, I would say it like this: is great leaders get people to stay around. Now it doesn't mean that they keep them forever, right? A great leader also molds uh, guys to go on, and they create, you know. Like, again, if you look at like uh, Nick Saban's like tree, right? Like he has a you know multitude of leaders that have gone on to other uh, D one teams, and again, people have used him as a platform and stood on his shoulders. But with that also being said, you know you want to look into those things and understanding that if. Um, you you need to get context to this data, right? But understanding that, um, you know, again, like let's say I always bring up like someone like MLK, for example, right? Um, when MLK was at, at the time, there was a lot of people again to. Uh, if you got to remember, you know, thinking back to those times, I didn't have um, cell phones where everybody's just sending text messages and saying, here, I meet here at this time and social media and all this stuff to get everybody to gather, right? So to get that many people to gather in these areas at times, I mean, you have, you had fires, you had a whole bunch of work that had to be done, right? People passing things out around the city, right? You had a whole bunch of things and coordination that had to be done that has way more than just him, right? So with that being said, he wouldn't have been known as M.O.K. if he didn't have other great leaders around him and he wasn't able to inspire um, and and um, mold a lot of leaders uh, throughout that time. So thinking through those things is understanding that is that a lot of those leaders could have went and did other things. They could have started their own movements. They could have went and been with somebody else's team, but they stayed with him because they believed in what he was um, preaching and also believed in what they could, he could do for them and they wanted to be a part of that movement, right? And so understanding those things is that great leaders get people to stay around and 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 with that being said i mean i can say that even by you know me personally is that Um, You know, I had other aspirations. I've had other things that at different points in time that I wanted to go do. But with that being said, like, you know, again, like Planet Fitness was never in my dreams or my goals or what I ever thought I would ever be doing. But I was inspired by a leader at the time saying what they thought I could do, how I can impact the company, again, how that would help me build my resume and again, give me a foundation for the rest of my life and things, other things that I wanted to do. So I think that's a big point as well is that um, I don't want to let anybody off the hook on this end of saying like, you know, what turnover is normal everybody should be leaving every single year and you should just be building a platform that is you know that is just that right um but with that being said um you know just understanding that we need to monitor it but we also have to add context to that as well um, on both sides of understanding you know what our development system looks like not just for our players but obviously for our coaches and the leaders that we have around us on a constant basis
1: yeah no i agree with everything you said there obviously On a much more scope of a scale, when we talk about coaches and um, especially college coaches and some of these high school coaches, um, I think those guys are tuning in saying, yes, Joey, I do agree. I'm bought in with my leader. I'm just not making enough money. Um, You know, I can't support my family here. Whatever that constraint might be with the game of baseball, we know that a lot of people don't do it for the money. But at the end of the day, you still have to live your life. So if there's those coaches tuning in that maybe can't quite have the resources to keep guys around, Um, I know you've coached the high school level. I've experienced that for a couple of years now, college. Um, What do you think coaches could potentially do um, to keep those guys a little bit longer uh, at some of those schools without as much resources?
0: Yeah. I mean, um, again, my brain instantly goes back to first off is uh, I think it would be, Hey, Randy Sullivan thing over at Florida baseball ranch, shout out to him. Um, A bing to, you know, he says, know your athlete, but you got to know your people, right? So you got to understand what their dreams and what their aspirations are before they even come in the door. And also too, that's not a check mark, right? Those change over time, right? You have a family, they have kids, they want to get married, you know, all these other things, you know, what they wanted two years ago might not be what they want now. Even six months ago, three months ago, things change, right? So constantly knowing your people and understanding, you know, what their aspirations are. And again, what is being offered to them as well, right? Maybe they didn't think that they could do something And all of a sudden, you know, you're offering them a thousand dollars for, um, you know, come be your assistant coach and be a grad assistant or whatever. Right. And then obviously someone comes over there and offers them eight grand to come and be their assistant coach over at a different college. So you got to constantly be up to date and knowing your people in that way. But also with that being said, um, you know, where does that leave is I think also the importance and it's also put on the leader in this way is that you got to do the legwork, right? Is that, In any, I mean, if you look at any successful uh, businessman, they never have one stream of income. Right, so absolutely. Let's say that your um, your business, for example, or I mean, again, your school, right? They can only provide one stream of income. So let's say that's only you know, like you could only provide them you know four thousand dollars from your school, right? Well, again, as a leader, you have to do the legwork. Again, that's about building these connections and all these other things. I've had people um, again when I went and worked high school before I even made the move. My coach at the time was already working on finding me a job and finding ways that he can make me money when I wasn't at the school, so that I could do those jobs, right? Right? So now with that being said, it doesn't mean that it's all in the leader. Like, the, you know, obviously, obviously understanding that the person that's coming in or the other coach has to do the legwork as well. But um, obviously that transitions a lot easier when you have the leader with connections and also is uh, well defined in that area um, and knows how to like work around some of those constraints. Right. And I think, uh, you know, this is the same as recruiting. Right. Um, great recruiters know how to work around some of these things. Right. Because they're going to they're going to happen right? So if you really want people and you really want to make things work and you want to put that, you know, uh, Avengers squad together, right? You're going to have to make some sacrifices in the way of what that looks like. Um, I mean, that, and I know this one, you know, some guys are going to step on some toes here and be like, uh, nah, nah, not me. But sometimes again, even as a leader, sometimes you need to take a cut so that you can give them some money, right? If you think that it, it builds both you guys up for the future, because at, at the end of the day, remember obviously having, um you know, the leaders around um, that you think that going to be what it's going to take to get to that next level. You know, you might, need to take a cut make take a personal sacrifice to then feed into your people as well so you know there's definitely that aspect around things as well so the things to process and also know on the opposite side of that with context is sometimes it's it's just not gonna work out like it's okay right um, you know th- it, sometimes there's personal uh, personal circumstances that come up in somebody's life that you know it's just not going to work right now right and, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try right you're gonna try everything you can you're gonna, you're gonna turn over every stone and try to you know figure this out but at the same time too so, you know life happens and you know maybe it's just not the right time not the right season and you know it just at one point just doesn't make sense and you know we need to go a different direction everything comes with context and situational awareness.
1: Yeah, no, I just have a few things to add there. I think uh, this kind of ties back into our discovering your blind spot. I think as a leader, you need to understand that what you want and what your coaches want may be different, and uh, take that into consideration when you're hiring. Hand-in-hand with that also, like we talk about at 108 all the time, if you want to be a leader and you want to sit at the table, sometimes you have to make more sacrifices, right? So understanding and being stable with where you are, um, a lot of times – that breeds good development for the guys below you. If, if the head guy seems uneasy and he's like on the lookout looking where he wants to go, then that doesn't really build a good development uh, culture for those guys underneath you. Um, to me, it seems like the best coaches that uh, continually develop guys are the ones that love where they're at. Um, I was on a, uh, played for a couple guys that are kind of the opposite way. And that bleeds all the way down through, even through, even through the players, a little bit of uneasiness and always kind of on your toes to jumping at the next great thing. So when we progress through this joey and move more into like the pro ball sector some of the private facility stuff um, obviously there's a lot of turnover in player development now um, you see a lot of organizations clearing house at what point do you think that those jobs could stabilize um, i know the big game of baseball is going through a transition now with uh, different philosophies and different things with player development but how do you see that going over the next couple of years
0: you know, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, a big part of that, of where that current state is, is there's more turnover right now. And again, I, I don't have the numbers on this, but um, from my perspective, there's more turnover now that there has been in the past, in the last couple of years, right? Because um, not just this season, but also the last, I would say probably like the last uh, two, like probably the last two off seasons, especially last season and this season, there's going to be a lot of turnover. Um, and that's because organizations are making some bigger changes. I think that also continues probably here for the next couple of years um, until it stabilizes and people get a better idea. But I was listening to something just the other day. I forgot what it was. I was watching a movie or something like that and talking about how, uh, that chaos creates opportunity, right? Is that while it is a little hectic right now, and yes, some guys are absolutely, uh, getting released that probably shouldn't be released and they have a lot of value that they're bringing. They are just not, you know, valued at the moment. Um, you know, it also creates opportunities for guys that also should be there as well, but weren't in the beginning because of, you know, X, Y, Z, because of, you know, um, not having this certain type of network, or again, I've never played pro ball or never worked in the private sector or whatever, all these things, right. There's a lot of coaches and there's a lot of, um, you know, that, that old school model is like, you know, I need to get in at entry level. I need to coach high school. Then I need to coach, uh, you know, go up through the levels, right. I need to go NEIA and then I need to go, or I need to go D2, then I go D1, then I go pro ball then I go you know all the way it's just again there's just not enough time and also too that's not in reality that's not even how businesses work right the the latter thing it's not saying that the latter doesn't exist it's just that even in this is happening in business and this happened quite a long while ago just because I'm um, more familiar with like Vegas and understanding that uh, where values is, there's a lot of young like entrepreneurs that are providing a ton of value that are, again, obviously just because someone's been in business for 40 years doesn't mean he makes something as much money as someone that's 20 years old. Right. And that's because of the value that they bring to the market. Right. So understanding that is the same thing in uh, you look in uh, baseball right now. Right. And back before, you know, you had a young player that's 18 years old. He gets drafted. They're like, okay, he's definitely not going to be playing in the big leagues for another six years. Well, you know, again, that started changing, you know, even, you know, Derek Jeter, you know, like uh, even before then, right? But just understanding that some of these really young players started getting called up to play these positions. And now where the game is younger than ever, right? Um, That you have a lot of these young athletes, because at the end of the day, again, it's just like business. If the guy can provide me value right now and he can do that job better than someone else, I don't care how old he is, right? I don't care uh, all of these other things that we've kind of put these restrictions that we put out there at the end of the day, I want to win. Right, and as a business, they want to win. They don't really care about all these other things that might be uh, aesthetically pleasing. Right, it might look prettier to have this guy of doing these other things. And it's not saying that I should hire a whole bunch of young guys either. Right, at the end of the day, if the young guy isn't helping me win. We're still not winning. So that doesn't matter either. It's not just about a young guy, right? It's not just about an old guy, right? It's understanding that exactly taking in the individual and again, what value they bring uh, to that different organization. So I do think that it will stabilize here in a couple of years, but I think right now we are we definitely are in a transition of change. And then also too, there's some, would you say, uh late bloomers with organizations that are gonna continue to kind of progress here throughout the next couple of years. Um, And with that being said, there's a lot of coaches that are, now being held accountable um, because you're able to track a whole bunch of uh, data and analytics and being able to track some things, not always for the good, right? There's going to be some speed bumps along the way until we figure that process out and understanding what um, is actually applicable and, you know, et cetera. But um, for right now, I think, you know, there's definitely a couple more years before that stabilizes.
1: Yeah. And I think we see a lot of this happening. One, almost out of fear of being left behind. Some of these pro organizations are more in panic mode, um, which makes me a little bit skeptical that it, uh, it'll stabilize as quick as people think. Uh, I think we might have to go through some of those learning bumps, like Joey had mentioned. Um, but yes, we do see professional baseball kind of transitioning from kind of that good boys club, right? Like the you played in the big leagues for this long, now you're you know moving to a hitting role or whatever that may be. Uh, I think uh, definitely see that happening in the pro game. I think it'll be a little bit slower if it does happen in the college game, um, just because it's more ran like uh, on like a smaller scale as far as like. Uh, I don't think you'll be seeing young guys getting like head coaching opportunities. Um, however, there are a lot, a lot of young guys getting assistant coaching job opportunities. A lot younger than in the past. I mean, obviously, to get into professional baseball, I personally think it's better to go um, to like a private sector mentor under mm-hmm. somebody that's, um, you know, good that you, that can mold you to get to where you want to go. Yeah. If there's like a, a college guy mm-hmm. that wants to get where they want to go, how do you think they should go about that process?
0: Yeah, so it's all about you know, what you want to do, um, and obviously aligning yourself with that is, this is the thing, being able to coach. If you want to be a college coach, you need to coach college. Now, it doesn't mean that you should never go into private sectors. I think it's good to have that foundation. But if you want to be a college coach, you need to coach college. And it's starting to change a little bit, but this is the thing, is too many guys are trying to walk to and get a job, especially after they get done playing. They want to go get a job. Right? A coaching. Oh, I want to be an assistant. You need to pay me 15 grand. Good luck, kid. Okay? This is more so, I think, which you have a better idea. Okay, look. If you you have a better chance, if you want to coach D1 baseball, you have a better chance of going to a D1 and making no money. Mm-hmm. And making no money. And again, volunteering, doing analytics, doing things. Just find a way to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Then you do to go to D2, Right? And then again unless you have crazy connections and all these things happen I I know some very 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 I mean literally some of the best coaches like that I know that are in D2 that have a really hard job getting really hard time getting D1 jobs right because this is the thing too let's say you get to the top of D2 you're making a certain amount of money you have family you have kids at the time right and then all of a sudden if you go to D1 all of a sudden you're taking a pay cut to be an assistant coach somewhere mm-hmm. right because it's very unlikely for you to go D2 head coach to go straight to a a bigger D1 head coach. Now again, you could go to like a mid-major maybe, or like, again, a lower end uh, D1 for sure. Cause there's definitely some um, D2s that are um, definitely, uh, I would say have better facilities and all that stuff than division one schools, um, especially, you know, playing at some of them. Right. So understanding that there's that, but um, I think early, just like with anything, it's 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 more so again, like the network that you can also build from being around that environment um, is, is huge. So uh, again, it's all about what you're willing to you know, eat, and then also, you know, your support system you have around you, if you know you're willing to do those things and how you're gonna be able to work those things out. Um, but I think that's a big thing there as for, for coaches is that understanding that is that it's, it, those are some pretty tough transitions. And there is, first off, another thing with college is a college is a lot more steady in the sense of ADs and stuff are, are, especially at, um, not, not at like major division ones, right. Are typically a lot slower to make moves. Right. Which is, again, it has more stability, right. It's not, it's giving some guys to put some things in place and, you know, waiting. It's not necessarily like, again, again, if you're, you know, Nick Saban or some other level, like you, you definitely are getting paid to produce. Right. Um, you're at UCLA, right? You're like, you're, 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 you know, savage or something like that. Like those are different scenarios, but more so again, across the board at some other facilities, you know, you, you're probably going to have, you know, three, four years, you know, that you can, you can uh, make some of these things. I mean, everybody's situation is different, but understanding again, just talking more in generalities here. Right. So I think that's a big thing uh, there is just understanding that where you want to go and what you want to do. And I think that that's a big way for, um, uh, let me, I guess I should circle on your original question um, there, is that if you want to go into pro ball, right, that's a different thing. And if you want to go into pro ball, I think you need to work with pro players. Yeah. So private facilities, and again, not just any private facility because there's a lot of private facilities that don't actually train pro players. Like it, Just because a guy comes and hits at your facility doesn't mean you train pro players. Yeah. Okay, those are different things. So you need to train pro players, Um, and you, doesn't mean that you need to be walking the door and start training pro players. That's not how that works. Again, you might need to go and you know, be an intern. You might need to go in and learn a whole bunch of stuff and get paid minimal. Right. But I think it skyrockets your career when you do those things. It's very hard just to transition from, you know, let alone, I mean, they're definitely doing some more college hires now, which is great. Um, but again, those guys are usually older guys as well. Um, and you know, some other things are going on. So for sure.
1: yeah. Just some advice I know we talked about, we opened this one up on another one, but if you're a guy that's trying to get into college, a uh, big word there is patience for both the head coach and the assistant coaches. Um, I was very fortunate to coach under some some patient coaches that were uh, um, understood where I was coming from when I'd get frustrated because I wasn't where I was. Um, so as a, as a head coach in college, I think it's un- important to um, understand their aspirations and be patient through that growing process. But um, especially with this generation of ball players, I think that they're going to want it to tap in fast. So, um, as you transition into coaching, just make sure you're patient, crush where you are, and that'll get you to where you want to go. And we dive back into a piece that you opened up there, Joey. You know, we talked about how to get into pro ball, what you think the best way to do that is. Once you're there, what do you think the best way is to climb the ladder and, and uh, ultimately reach the goals that you want? Well, again, obviously,
0: all very situational or um, situationally aware. There is some organizations the best thing for you to do is to get out of the organization. that's, that's that, that's the the best way. It's like, okay, hold on. What? <laughs> but there's some organizations that you'll move much quicker if you're not in that organization. And you again, go and train at one of these private facilities, um, because you're going to get way ahead. Cause this is the problem. Like when, when you're trying to get uh, hitters and, um, players ready just to play that night and nine months out of your year, you're basically working on a whole bunch of basically like maintenance with players. Um, It's very hard. And this is at the highest level, again, with us consulting with organizations and also having some really close ties with some guys that are, you know, major league staff is that even them, you know, at the highest level, um, these guys have, you know, it's, it's very hard to only, you know, have three, four months out of the year. Um, And even at that, again, if they're going late the playoffs, they have less than that. To actually acquire knowledge and get better throughout. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, obviously, you should always be acquiring knowledge all the time. But you know, there's some organizations where the best advice I would say for certain guys is they need to get out of the organization and then re-enter. Right um, now, on the other end of uh, other other end of things um, is understanding and strategically. First off, is being able. I think one of the biggest and most important things with player development at right now is being able to quantify results being able to quantify results. There are some really, really, really good coaches right now that don't know how to quantify their results, right? And because of that, you got to understand that, again, when you're talking to executives, this is the same thing in business, right? If you're working in operations, just like, you know, I was, is that when you're talking to executives or CEOs, you got to talk their language. They don't understand subjective quantifications. You have to quantify, you have to quantify your results and you got to be able to, it, it, it's not, and this is the thing, you got. you guys got to, you know, get past this, I don't think you'd be listening to the podcast if you're not forward thinking, but understanding this is just like in business, marketing is important. Mm -hmm. It's important. You can't just, you can be, you can have the best product in the world. If nobody knows about it, it isn't going to sell and not going to sell like it should. Right. And on the other end, you can have be the best self-marketer in the world. Right. But if you don't have a good product, that's also not good. So you need both together. So this is the thing, you know, I know I've heard some, a lot of old school coaches and you know, there's a lot of guys, I even caught, you know, flack of this one, even when I was just growing up, just because I, again, came from Vegas and understood a lot of these concepts as just being, look, it's not one or the other, right? And there's definitely, um, um, there's definitely, I could also, we should probably put these on the book list. I have like some books that kind of help with a lot of these things of being able, self-promotion again, being able to quantify your results and being able to publish your results is a very important skill right especially when you're going to be able to move up chains and you're going to be able to quantify yourself and why people should pay you what they should pay you right and the same thing with coaches right even at the college level you guys got to be able you got to be able to quantify your results you got to be able to quantify how your team's actually getting better you got to quantify again with that and guys have been doing that again you do that with like GPAs right you guys do that with graduation rates right you say with all these things right that you use and again wins right all all of these things conference wins titles all that's all data It's all data you're using to quantify your results, right? And using to um, get your next job, right? That's what you're putting on your resumes and stuff like that as well. Same thing in pro Bowl, right? You got to be able to track. Don't be afraid of data and analytics because they're there to help you, right? They're there to help you. You can use that information to quantify the results that you're getting and, again, how much you're worth, right? Because you're able to present this – presentation of understanding, okay, like this is what I bring to the table. Right. And this is why I quantify that I'm worth X, Y, Z. Right. And so that's going to be a very important thing as you go forward. Now there, that like that, for example, there, that's where I said, there's going to be some speed bumps in there right now is that there is some guys in pro ball right now that are very good at quantifying results, but they're not the best coaches. Right. And that's okay. Right. Again, I'm still very excited for those guys to be in the game. Because they're teaching the ones around them how to quantify their results. And the best, you know, again, the cream will, you know, the cream always rises to the top, right? So it will be fine in that way. Again, there's going to be some speed bumps. There's going to be some guys that, um, you know, again, they deserve to be there. Again, like Bobby was saying, we had Tukes on it a while back ago, is understanding, like, they deserve to be there for one reason or another, right? They know how to quantify the results. That's very impactful for the game. Right. And it's very impactful with the game as well for um, guys that are really good coaches. Um, They just, again, the next level of that is being able to quantify what value you bring, just like any business has to do, you know, across the board. Right. That's not, that's not something new. It's just, it's just just pulling from a different industry.
1: That's also important to understand how to do that stuff because, like Joey had mentioned, those guys you're going to go and interview with, they know what they're looking for. So if you can't present the data and you can't put it into, um, a way to present the value that you bring, then you're in trouble, right? That can also show you where, where you're deficient and where you maybe need to improve as a coach and what areas you need to attack to help players get better. The first half of what you were saying there, too, just wanted to add this in here before we close up. A couple of years ago, I felt like I was ready for a certain position, um, and and some of you guys maybe think you are, too. And a mentor of mine told me that not every opportunity is a good opportunity, Right. And especially now with some of these pro ball hires and these guys taking chances on younger coaches, I just highly recommend that you think about what you want, what the opportunity presented to you will get you to, and make a decision there. Because sometimes, especially nowadays, it's pretty easy to get, you know, dangle the meat in front of your face and you take a bite and next thing you know, you know, your, your career is going in a completely different way, so...
0: Yeah, so a great point that Bo just brought up is some of the best advice that I got with these things is everything sounds, you know, grass is always green on the other side. So here's kind of like a little um, mental tool that you guys can take into those situations is first off, if you want to be somewhere and you want to do a certain type of job, first off, go talk to someone that already has that job. That's step one. Understand what their life actually looks like. What does their day-to-day look like? What is it consultative? Do you really want to do, again, does it just sound nice, right? Because you're making more money and because you get to put, the, you know, that you're a head coach on your on your thing or you get to put that you're a pro ball coach, right? Or do you actually want to do that job? Do you want to travel that much? Do you want to be away from your family that much, right? Do you, all these things you got to take in, right? Do you want to move, right? All these things, right? Understanding all of those. So first off, talk to somebody that already has that job, right? Two, you need to write down the things that you don't want, right? What do I not want? And I need to understand what those are, right? So that I can go into those, again, meetings or understanding that I, I it gives me a clear picture. Again, am I getting myself and heading down a path of a life that I don't want to have? Right. So you need to understand yourself and, and understanding um, a lot of times you need to go inward rather than you just expressing things outward. You need to go inward and understand the life that you want to have and understanding, you know, what are the things that actually, you know, that you, um, you know, you want to do with your life and things that you don't want to do with your life. Right. So that's definitely a step two there. Um, and then the third, the third step that I would say, you know, with that as well is when You get into those situations or again, it's so easy when the meat's like hanging right in front of your face. You need to ask more questions. You need to ask more questions. You got to, you again, ask, you got to know who you're, you know, who's going to be, who do you got to answer to, right? Who's your boss, right? Is that person going to let you do your job and do the things that you want to do and how you see it going, right? And also too, I think that's a big part is like pitching how you think it's going to go, right? How you see it going and then getting their feedback before it starts, Right, so when you take those things in and you have those those conversations and you use you know those three or four things, that gives you a better idea um, going into it what it's going to look like and how you can utilize uh, those skills and I mean utilize that platform to do some of
1: those things that you want to do. Yeah, um, we also want to hear what you guys have to think about the episodes we do these for you guys. Uh, you can go ahead and comment, uh, retweet, email us, whatever you need to do. Tell us how good of a job or how bad of a job we're doing. Um, we always like to hear what you guys have to think about the show
0: absolutely again like Bo said we like to hear you guys uh, reach out to us it gives us ideas for future episodes we have guys reach out all the time and you want want us to talk through things and start a conversation so we really love to do that make sure you guys also check out just like Bo mentions at the beginning of the podcast make sure you guys uh, check out the website got a whole bunch of resources on there for you guys um, we're also launching uh, that the premium side we have some really cool things coming out with that so definitely stay tuned uh, for that and also some chats that we're going to be starting here uh, coming soon um, and some exciting announcements with some, you know, stuff that I mentioned. I can't tell you how, you know, it's that excited four times. So spooky season, season, baby. (laughs) All right. So definitely some fun things coming out that way, but from us and our partners over at baseball cloud until next time farm system out.